Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Get my book, my audio book, that is. I'm giving you, giving you, as a gift, my gift to you, my audio book for you. The whole audio book, it's worth $20, giving it to you free. Get my audio book at effortlessenglishclub.com slash book. Effortlessenglishclub.com slash book. Enjoy that. Enjoy that audiobook. Enjoy the gift. True education is self-education. Just read that. In fact, I've, I keep coming across that same phrase, that same statement, that same sentence, that same idea. I am finding it in many different places in books and writing and ideas very very old and very recent very new true education is self-education that at least by a certain age of course age matters by a certain age we as human beings really mostly must teach ourselves. In other words, become the masters of our own learning. Become the masters of our own education. Independent education, independent learning. That's the revolution. That's the revolution that online education is giving us. And it's really independent study. Let's talk about independent study. How does this work? Because again, this idea of homeschooling, I know it uh, confuses people or scares people because of the unknown part of it. Uh, Because again, the problem is, the problem, the reason it worries people, the reason some parents worry about or are afraid of homeschooling is they think, they think that it has to be like school, right? It's that word schooling that causes the problem. That's why I don't really like the word homeschooling, and I really think home education is a much, 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 much better word. Unfortunately, most people use the word homeschooling to describe what we're talking about, but really it's home education. And see, home education is actually very different than schooling. Very different indeed. Even if, even if you uh, pay for, join, register for an online program, a complete online curriculum, a complete online program, you know, like Ron Paul's or, I mean, there's so many, you just got to search around a little bit. There's, there are many, they're, they're very, very, very reasonably priced. Very reasonable prices for these uh, online homeschooling curriculum, homeschooling programs. 
It's a, easy. You'll find one you like. You'll find a good one. And many of these do kind of, kind of, imitate, you know, a curriculum you might find in a school. Right? They, they cover similar topics. They might have... Uh, some similar exercises and activities and things like that. But even if you use something like that, that at least appears to be, it appears, looks kind of like it's quite similar to school. But if you look deeper, you'll realize it's actually much, much different, that there is a fundamental incredibly important difference even when you're using similar materials even when you're using a similar curriculum as the school that the process itself of learning at home is so incredibly different and so much more powerful for the child for your child because when your child's learning at home, it becomes independent study. It becomes independent learning. That's what you have to understand. That's why it's so much easier for you as a parent to do it. Because you're not going to copy. You are not. You're not going to copy the methods of schools. See what happens in a school. In a school, the teacher stands in front of the class and teaches the lesson, right? which involves lecturing and writing on the board. And the teacher has to plan out all these lessons for each day. And then they, the teacher has to plan out the activities and lead the activities and run around from child to child. As the ch children raise their hands with questions, the, the teacher's running around trying to answer their questions. And of course, their behavior problems because they have so many kids in the class and they're not their own children. So they have all kinds of discipline problems. So the teacher's always having to try to deal with discipline problems. And that's not going to happen at home. That's not what it's like. See, what you do is, if, this is the simplest way to do it. It's not how I'm going to do it, but it's, it's, this is the simplest way to start. You get a... A pre-made, right? A pre-packaged, a pre-made online homeschooling program. Simple, right? All you need is, you've got a computer, right? You've got a laptop, you've got an iPad, something like that. You just need Wi-Fi, that's it. Yeah, you, you, get, you pay for it each month, it's not expensive at all. Very reasonable. You know, what, $50, $40 a month, something like that. I think I, just looking at a, a list of some of them, some a little more, some less, but it's not much. Your kids log in, but here's the difference. Here's the difference. Here's what happens. Your child starts to learn things independently. Now, this is not true for the, like, little babies. Little babies you do have to do a lot more with, but... Even your elementary school aged children, what they'll do, let's say they have a lesson for the day. Well, what they'll do is they'll go in there and usually they'll just start reading something, right? They'll follow, there'll be something in the program that tells them what, what is the activity to do today? What, sh what do they need to read? What do they need to do? And they'll follow along and they'll do that. They'll read the section they're supposed to read. They might watch a video. 
of a teacher teaching something. Now this is a little different though than being in a classroom because with the video, the child is the master, the child's in charge. So the child can play the video. If they get confused, they can stop and rewind and play it again. Hmm. And they can do that a few times. Same thing with the reading assignment. They can read something, uh, back up, read it again, read it a little more slowly, read something a few times. Then they try to do the activities. And here's what they're doing. See, this is how this is how it's so different. This is what you should do. This is how you train your child to become an independent learner. They do all this without you. They do all of this without you. You're not there at all. You don't you don't have to even be in their same room. You just tell them, "Okay, you know, this is your assignment for today." Right? It, it'll be in the curriculum. So I want you to do this today. And then you just let them log on and start working on it. That's it. In fact, I recommend walk out of the room. Walk out of the room. Don't stand over their shoulder. Don't sit next to them. That defeats the purpose. Because see, the purpose is... <laughs> the, the, the superpower of this comes from the child doing this independently, learning to struggle with the new material, trying to figure it out themselves. Maybe finding something that they think is interesting and curious and maybe reading a little bit more about that and doing something extra with that. And when they encounter a problem or a difficulty, you know, wrestling around with it, right? Grabbing it, rereading it, playing the video again, mm, trying to figure it out themselves first. This is powerful, especially when you do it every single day. This is what they do every single day. So even the young guys, even the young guys and girls start this every day. Now, especially with the young ones, eventually, at some point, probably, <laughs> Uh, many days, they will have questions. They're, they're not going to understand something. Here's what you do, though, as the parent. Don't immediately just give them the answer. Don't do that. You come in, they have a question. I don't understand this. Say, okay, well, just start leading them with, like, the Socratic method. Ask them questions. Which, what don't you understand specifically? Hmm. Do you understand this other part? Oh, you do. Okay, good. Um, how could we figure out this section you don't understand. What all you're doing is just trying to send the message again that they need to try to figure things out. That they got to problem solve. That learning is a process of trying to solve problems. Of finding things you don't understand and trying to find different ways to understand it better. That learning is not about someone just gives you an answer that you just wait passively. Know that it's a very, very active process. Okay? And then, after you do that, they're probably going to get frustrated a little bit. They're, maybe they can't figure it out. So when you see that they're really starting to get frustrated, then you just start leading them step by step. But don't give them everything. Don't just give them everything. Just tell them, oh, okay, this is the answer. No, no. Give them a little piece. Give them a little piece of it. Oh, well, okay. Let me show you this first step. Let's say it's a math problem. 
Sometimes math problems have a few steps. So you tell them, okay, I'll show you the first step. The first step is this, right? It seems like you don't under, you understand this step, but then you don't understand the next one. So I'll show you the next step. And then you, you show them, you explain it. You do your best to explain it until they understand it. But don't give them steps three, four, five, and six, right? If they understand step one, but they don't, step two, they don't understand. Just finally, after they struggle with it for a while, teach them, show them, demonstrate, and explain number two, step number two, and then have them do step number two, maybe with a few other uh, different examples until it's obvious they understand step two now. Well, now let them go to step three. Then just walk out of the room and say, okay, well, see, keep going. Well, now they understand step one and step two. Oh, they got to figure out step three now. Do they know it or not? Maybe they do. Maybe they figure it out. Great. And they do the rest of it. They just had that one point they needed help with. Or maybe step three is also tough. And they say, I don't understand this part either. Well, make them struggle with it a little bit, though. Don't just hand it to them. Make them struggle around with it a little and try to figure it out. Then come back in, repeat the same process again of demonstrating and explaining, right? And then you do that step by step. What you do, when you do this every single day with everything they learn, they, it becomes a habit for them. It becomes a habit of first trying to figure things out themselves. Trying to figure out stuff themselves becomes a habit. And then when you come in, they realize also you're not going to just give them the answer immediately. So it also becomes a habit of asking you questions and trying to work with you together and trying to get hints instead of just getting some, just give me the direct answer. Do you see what a powerful lesson that is? Because that's life. That's life as an adult. That's what happens in real life as an adult. When they need to figure out problems in their lives as an adult when they grow up, that's exactly what they need to do. They need to go find sources of information. They need to try to uh, figure out that information, figure out the problems, try to learn it themselves. That is, that is what they're going to do most of the time in life. And then occasionally when they can't do that, when they can't figure it out, well, then they go and they got to find a mentor or a coach or somebody, a role model, somebody who does know. But in the adult world, unless you pay someone a lot of money, they don't want to just give you everything. So they're going to learn again to ask good questions from that coach, from that teacher so that they get the maximum learning as quickly as possible. And then they go back to learning independently again. This is a general mindset that helps in all parts of life. It's not just things like math and reading and, uh, you know, technical things. This is also true for a problem with a relationship, right? With dating. Well, let's say that your child is uh, 22 and they're having problems with dating and they don't know how to date. They're, they're, let's say they're a boy and they have problems with girls and they just don't know what's wrong. Why, uh, I can't have any decent uh, experiences dating. Well, if they're, in the, if they're used to the school system, they're just waiting for someone to tell them the answer and nobody will. <laughs> Who's going to teach them that? Who's just going to come and tell them that answer? Nobody. They're not going to get it from school. And most parents don't teach that stuff to their kids. Which is one of the reasons that young men and young women are so helpless when it comes to this topic. I was, I know that. 
On the other hand, if your child has been trained, taught from a young age to be an independent learner, uh, very active, then what's their first instinct? Their first thought always when they have a problem is going to be, I gotta figure it out myself. I gotta figure it out myself. Because they've been doing it ever since they were little kids. They know that they gotta independently figure out that problem, solve that problem, find information. And because they're used to doing that since little kids, what are they gonna do? They're gonna go get every book they can find about dating and relationships and the opposite sex. I mean, this is what I did (laughs) when I finally figured out I don't know what I'm doing. I just started reading books and books and books and books from all different perspectives about dating and relationships and the psychology of men and women and how they're different. And, And it took me many years, but I finally did get much, much, much better at it because I had that mindset. Now, luckily for me, I just seem to have that mindset. I certainly didn't get it from schools. But see, if your child has grown up with this mindset of independent learning and independent problem solving as a habit since they were, you know, five or six years old, it will just be automatic to them. They have a problem with dating. They're just going to start reading books and articles and and talking to everybody they can find. And they're going to have all these strategies of learning independently and problem solving. And they'll just use it. And they'll figure it out. And in a few years, maybe even faster than that, they're going to get really good in this area. They're going to figure things out. And you find that they'll solve that problem. And they'll get good at dating. And they'll figure out how to be better at relationships. They will. They'll figure it out. And this is so important because in, in real life, outside of school, many of the most important issues problems that we face are never, never, never taught in schools. There's no degree program, right? How How to date well, how to date effectively as a young man. What school teaches that? They don't. And yet that's probably one of the biggest problems and challenges that young men face. It's one of their biggest sources of unhappiness. And for some, misery. And many kill themselves, even commit suicide because of unhappiness, because they broke up with a girl or a girl embarrassed them or something. And of course, with young women, it's the same idea, same problem. They're, They're clueless. They don't understand. They never learned it, and they never will learn it in school. So if they don't know how to learn independently, if they don't have that habit, if they've just been trained to be passive, 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 when they face a problem like that, where nobody's going to tell them, there's no experts going to come and just tell them what to do, that's when they struggle and can become miserable and terribly unhappy and really suffer for years and years and sometimes can suffer for their whole lives. You know, if they have a problem at work, okay, maybe the boss will tell them what to do. But if they have a problem like that with relationships, whoo, how many people suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer because of that and never, ever, ever figure it out. Never, ever, ever, ever get better. That's sad. Same with money, a recent topic we've been talking about. Not going to learn that in school. No school's going to teach it. 
No, not even business schools at universities. In fact, that's probably the worst place to learn about money and financial independence. Just going to confuse you and give you a lot of bad answers. So once again, how many people in the world face this problem at, at, at all ages? How to be financially free. I'm in a job, a career that I hate. Uh, I, I'm in debt. I owe a lot of money. I, I, money's stressing me out. Have all these bills. And they, they never figure it out. Because once again, they don't learn it in school. The boss doesn't tell them. There's no expert that's going to come and tell them that. That has to be figured out independently. It has to be learned independently. I mean, these are two of the biggest two of the biggest issues of adult life money right where you're going to spend 40 hours a week or more focused on that for most people and then relationships dating marriage and then family raising children there's another big one where are they going to learn that nobody's going to teach them nobody in school teaches you how to raise children how to be a good mom or dad can't go to school for that the boss isn't going to tell you that. Once again, it has to be learned independently. I mean, these are the biggest areas of life. The meaning, meaning, God, meaning, religion, philosophy. The biggest questions of life and death will not be taught in school, are not taught in school. Uh, meaninglessness, meaninglessness, like misery. Hopelessness, those are taught in school, but not the opposites. Again, where are they going to... The, the biggest questions of all, of all humanity. No expert's going to tell them in schools. The boss isn't going to give you the answers. you got to know how to find these answers yourself. It comes, it's a whole process. That's the central part. Why homeschooling or home education is so important. And it's just, it's the process itself of independent learning and learning together as a family. That's what makes it powerful. That's the most powerful part of it. The specific method you use or specific curriculum you use is much, much, much less important. Okay, there's a whole variety. There's a huge variety of choices about different ways to do it. You know, the way I would choose to do it and will choose to do it, probably different than the way you will choose to do it and that's different than the way someone else will choose to do it. That's much less important, honestly. People focus too much on that, get, get too worried about those specifics when it's not really the main issue. The main issue is this. You're training your child to become an independent learner. You're training them to deal with problems, to deal with the unknown. Also part of this, that again, the schools don't teach or encourage, part of this will be that Sometimes your child will not understand. They're not ready for something. It just happens. Right? Let's say you're trying to teach them fractions at, at a young age. You know, half, one half, one third, one fourth, that kind of stuff. And adding them and subtracting them. And, you know, supposedly you're supposed to learn it at a certain time. The schools say you should learn fractions at this age. And you have a curriculum and the curriculum says, okay, now it's time to learn fractions. And your child starts doing fractions. And, oh, they really just don't, un I don't understand it. 
and you, you let them struggle with that for a while. That's part of life too. Sometimes there are problems or issues that you just don't understand. And you try and you try and you try and you still don't understand it yet. You're just not ready for some reason. Maybe you don't have enough other knowledge. I don't know, maybe your brain's not ready. There's just something you're not ready yet. It doesn't mean you'll never learn it. This is valuable for them to know. It's valuable for them to experience this. Not understanding, not being able to get something. This is very, very useful. Now in the school, what happens? If this happens in school, they just get bad grades and they think I'm stupid. Right? Because the, the school just keeps rushing ahead. It doesn't matter. They don't care if your child's ready or not. It doesn't matter to them. Now is the time to teach fractions. And if your kid's not ready, tough, tough. They don't care. Your kid's just going to get bad grades, do badly, and then they're going to think something's wrong with them. They're stupid. Oh, look, what's wrong with me? I'm bad at math. No, they're just not ready yet. That's all it is. That's all it is. So if you're at home learning, they struggle with it. And... How they have trouble. Next step, they ask you for help. You come in. You try to explain it. You can try, you know, a bunch of different ways to explain it. And they struggle with it. Maybe they get understand a little more. But still, they're just not getting it. And you keep trying. And they keep struggling with it. And they're getting more and more and more and more and more frustrated. And finally, you, as the parent, you just realize, you know what? Maybe they're just not ready yet. Maybe they're just not ready yet. And you, so you just, you just say, you know what? Just take a break. Let's take a break from fractions, okay? There's no hurry. <laughs> Life, you got many years ahead of you. You will understand fractions. Don't worry. You just tell your child, look, you're just not ready yet. Sometimes in life, we have problems and we just can't seem to solve them right now. And we just need to be patient. Sometimes in life, we just have to wait. And then we will see that with a little more time, suddenly we'll be ready. And suddenly what seemed impossible what seemed really tough in the past will suddenly seem much easier to us after some time. This is a valuable lesson for your child to learn. This is a valuable lesson for all human beings to learn because it's just the truth. And so you wait. Maybe you wait six months. Maybe you wait a whole year. Whatever. And you come back and every, you know, every few months you could come back and try it again. And you know what's going to happen? At some point, you don't need to panic. You don't need to worry about it. At some point, Something's going to click. Right? There's just going to be something will, in their head will just change. And oh, they'll, they'll suddenly understand some point about the fractions. Ah. And then, boom, then you, then you keep going again. And they'll be moving forward and making progress. And they'll suddenly find, oh, yeah, now I'm starting to understand fractions. They will learn it eventually. Just maybe not on the exact schedule of the school or the exact schedule of the curriculum. It doesn't matter, though. They'll learn it. What a valuable lesson is for them uh, in patience, right? Now they get this lesson in life that, ah, if I don't understand something, it doesn't mean I'm stupid. If I'm struggling with something and I just can't figure it out, it doesn't mean I should quit forever. Doesn't mean I'm stupid and it doesn't mean I should just quit and never do it again. It just means I need to take a break. My brain's can't handle it. It's too too much new stuff for me right now. And I just need to get away from it for a while, focus on something else, and then come back again, try it again. Try it again. Maybe I understand a little more. Take another break. And if I just am persistent and patient, 
Eventually I'll figure it out. Eventually I will. It might not be fast, it might not be right away, but eventually I can learn almost anything and I can solve most problems just by being patient and persistent. What? That is just a master skill. That is a master mindset for, for life as an adult. How many people quit too soon? So again, look at this uh, challenge of, let's say, relationships and dating and getting married and having a family. Wouldn't that be a good lesson to learn? <laughs> you would, right? If instead of they, they break up with their girlfriend, let's say if it's, it's a boy, they break up with their first girlfriend and they're miserable and they, they're I don't understand girls and I'm, I suck at dating and I'm unhappy. I mean, instead of just quitting, instead they can have this mindset of, okay, well, yeah, I don't understand it right now. I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to come back and learn more and try again and come back and learn more and try again and come back and learn more and try again. Same for business. What if they start their own business and the first business fails? Well, instead of thinking, I'm stupid, I'm no good at business, this sucks. Again, they've learned a valuable lesson by being homeschooled. They've learned, no, sometimes you're not ready the first time. Sometimes you have to try again. Sometimes you'll succeed the second time or the third time or the fourth time. You just got to be patient and keep coming back to it. Hmm? See how powerful that is? That's not what you get in school. In school, you get one chance, and then they keep going forward. And if you miss it the first time, you get a label, right? You get that label, you get the bad grade. And then, of course, if you get behind the first time, they keep going forward. Now you're getting more and more and more behind because they will, will not pause for you. You have one chance to learn your fractions. And if you don't get it on their schedule, uh-oh, now you're in big trouble. Now you're behind. Now you're bad in math. And that's... A lot of kids fall behind and they never quite catch up. And then for the rest of their lives, they have this idea they're bad in math or bad in reading or whatever it is. Tragic, I think. This is the biggest lesson habit, strength, that home education not only teaches, but trains your child, trains your child through habit, through doing, through experience, is this, this being an active, curious, independent learner and independent problem solver. And also a patient and persistent <laughs> problem solver and learner. They learn to follow their own curiosity. Something interests them. What do you do if something interests you? Well, go learn about it. You go, you observe, you talk to people, you read books about it, and you just learn, learn, learn everything you can about it. You don't need to wait for someone to tell you to do it. You just do it because you're interested in it. That's enough. And if you get some kind of a, a assignment or some kind of problem that pops up in life or something you don't understand, you don't, again, you don't just wait for someone to tell you. You don't just feel bad. No, you go find the answer yourself independently. You go read all the books you can. You watch videos. You, you rewind the videos. You watch it again. You read the sections again. You, you struggle around with the problem. You do everything you can. You ask for questions. You ask for help. If that doesn't work, if that still doesn't work, you take a break, but you're patient, and then you come back and you try it again later, 
and you just keep doing it and eventually you figure it out see it's that powerful master mindset that's why homeschooling that's why homeschooled kids kids who are homeschooled are so far ahead of all the other kids they're so far ahead than the kids in schools you know on average homeschooling kids I just actually read a statistic about it for the United States I thought it was just two years ahead it's up to four or five years ahead when you start getting into teenage years you start looking at kids who are 14 15 16 and they have been homeschooled you know since young age they are four to five years ahead of other kids their age four to five years ahead in reading ability math ability uh, you know leadership ability problem solving ability independent thinking motivation all these things but the statistic I saw specifically was talking about you know like test scores and you know specific academic knowledge but I think the even bigger advantage for homeschooled kids is in this area of mindset independent problem solving active learning independent learning it's this mindset that is super powerful isn't that what you want for your child as an adult more than anything else that mindset so that you know once they're out of the house on their own that they can just figure out any problems that come up in life that you as the parent you you feel confident you know ah, you know I'm, it's okay my child can handle this you don't it's much better than worrying do you know do, do they have good grades do they have enough test scores no no you just know hey I'm confident I know if they have a problem they're gonna figure it out if they need to learn something then they're gonna go and they're gonna learn it if something's making them unhappy they're gonna very actively and aggressively solve that problem they're gonna be persistent they're not gonna quit in life when something's important to them isn't that what you truly want for them won't that give you the greatest peace of mind when you think about your child as they leave home you're like oh eh, no problem they can handle themselves they are they can more than handle themselves they, they are okay I'm, I'm not worried about them that's what I want that's way more important than some specific test score but by the way homeschooled kids on average get much higher test scores too so there's just <laughs> they're better at everything and they're happier because the school systems suck <laughs> Uh. Hey, uh, quick note to VIP members again. I haven't sent that email yet. The new lesson, the new bonus lesson, is already on the site. You, uh, some of you have noticed that already. Sometimes I just put it on there, but I wait to send the email for a while. I just, I've been busy the last few days, so I haven't sent out the email, but I will. I'll be sending you VIP members an email, uh, I don't know, maybe tonight, maybe the next couple days, but that email will have a few things. It will have the date and invitation to our live teleseminar, 
that's a like a online you know talk with me just for VIP members also in that email I'm giving you the discount code for my pronunciation course it's a discount code gives you a nice discount on my pronunciation course and that's only for VIP members that will be in the email when you order order the pronunciation course on the order form where you pay there's something that says promo code I think is what it says and you just put that code in there and you'll get it'll give you a discount it'll reduce the price the pronunciation course is a good combination it's a good course it can you can add it to any other course so you can do power English plus the pronunciation course you can do them together it's designed for that or you can do VIP plus the pronunciation course in fact that's a really powerful combination VIP plus pronunciation course so just anyway keep watching your email I'll announce it on Twitter too I'll let you know when I send that email VIP members if you're not a VIP member, you know, you can just try my VIP program. Just a dollar. One dollar to try the VIP program. One dollar gives you ten full days, which will give you access to... Uh, you'll get access to, me think, one, two... I think it's actually three full lessons sets, because you get a welcome one. Or is it two? <laughs> I haven't been on there for a while <laughs> for the new for new people it's at least two I'll just say that it's at least two two full lesson sets some people ask for a sample well there you go just it's one dollar you'll get two full lesson sets so that gives you all the sample you need when you want to continue just you don't have to do anything just keep going and then after that every month it's a monthly program with a monthly charge easy to cancel if you decide you're done just you just send an email you just send an email reply right because we send an email usually to announce the new lessons already you can just reply to that email if you want so no big deal of course to get the results you need to stay a member and follow the program and do it I would say a minimum of six months is really the minimum to get you know a good improvement to, to really see a nice strong improvement a lot of VIP members choose to become a member and stay a member for much longer. But, you know, that's because the VIP program really attracts my most motivated members. And that's what it's designed for. That's why it's such a long program. Because I know that you, as a VIP member, you really want to reach that very advanced level of speaking where you're thinking in English. You're thinking in English. The words come out effortlessly, just like your own language. You want to speak, and you feel confident, you feel strong, you feel completely confident when speaking English, just like your own language. So I know that's your goal, most VIP members. That's what the program's designed to do, to train you to do that. And you know, as always, join my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Speak English fluently, powerfully, effortlessly. Join at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. I saw another nice quote. Let me read you another quote from a different book. It's not about education, but it says, Do not allow your mission to be shaken by praise or blame. 
Do not allow your mission to be shaken by praise or blame. Shaken here means uh, uh, weakened, made weaker, or disturbed, right? Bothered by. It's, it's similar to a topic I've been talking about, right? But I like the, the addition of that word, your mission, your mission. Don't allow your mission or your missions in life to be shaken by praise or blame. So, right, a mission is a goal, but it's more than a goal. It's a goal that has deep, deep meaning to you. Right, like I might have a goal, oh, I'm going to run a marathon next year. That's a goal. But perhaps I have a mission to be as healthy and fit as possible and to help other people be healthy and fit and energetic and help people to improve their fitness. And this is an important part of my life. It's very meaningful to me. Well, that now becomes a mission. That's much more than just some small goal. That's a mission for for life. And when you have something that's very important to you like that, and you probably have several, right? And if you're a parent, of course, raising your children and having a strong, loving family, that's going to be one of your missions in life. Perhaps helping people to become great at self-education, to help people become more free, to help people become more happy, you know, whatever it is. But when you have these missions in life, do not be shaken by praise or blame. Be unattached to praise or blame. Once you decide something is super important, well, let's use the example of family and children because that's, I think, really obvious. Anybody who's a parent, who's a decently good person, that's going to be one of their missions, right? To raise their children as well as they can so the children grow up to be as healthy as possible and that the family, your whole your family in general, is as loving and close and positive and happy as possible. Well, when you have that mission in your life, you cannot, you cannot let anyone else's opinion affect you, right? You cannot be affected by other people's praise or blame. Other people meaning people outside of your family, right? You can't. You can't sacrifice that mission, which is so important to your family, to your children. You cannot sacrifice that because somebody, some neighbor or maybe some distant relative or any, anybody, a teacher, is going to criticize you and not like what you're doing and think what you're doing is foolish. Like you decide that for your family, for your children, homeschooling is best. Homeschooling is best. Once you decide that and you know that, and you know it. Well, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It does not matter what other people outside your family think because your mission is more important. You can't be affected by the blame or criticism or praise either. Same with praise because, again, it doesn't matter. You're doing this for your family, for something that's much deeper and more meaningful. So somebody, one person praises you and says, oh, good, that's great. And another person criticizes you and that's, oh, why are you doing that? That's crazy. Neither one is important. It has nothing to do with your mission. Your mission is your mission. 
Public opinion, popularity don't matter in these situations. Don't matter at all. And in fact, usually they will distract or they'll weaken you. They'll make you feel more worried about what you're doing and have more doubts, have more worries. No, 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 no. Just don't worry about it. Close your mind to praise and blame. Do what's right. Follow your mission. I'd like to finish up with this idea of uh, what we might call educational independence for kids. I was giving in that one example of fractions and, and then a few other examples. And that's really talking about younger kids. What's going to happen when you homeschool? Because you have to realize that, of course, uh, you, you adapt. Things change as your child gets older. So at four years old, your child obviously will need more direct guidance from you, more direct teaching. Like when they're super young and you're starting to just teach them to read. Okay, yeah, you might have to, you know, you're going to have to help them with that. A, a three-year-old cannot just figure it out themselves. So you're going to start reading to them and you might start, you know, helping them learn the sounds of the letters, using English as an example. And you might also find them some some little games or something that would help them learn that. So, of course, you're going to be directing things a little more, right? They're going to be less independent at that very young age. Of course. I mean, in general, they're just less independent. They need you. They need that guidance. But here's the thing. It's a process. It's a process so that each year as they get older, they become a little more independent, right? And in, in, the young, in the young years, it's, it can be even kind of a game, really, where you're really just trying to encourage them to try to figure things out themselves. You know, even you know, you know as the adult, they're not probably going to do it, right? Like fractions. Let's say your child's young. They're just starting to try to learn fractions. Can they figure that out by themselves if they're really sh- smart and they're ready? Possibly, but probably not. <laughs> They're probably going to have a t- hard time with that. It's okay, though. The point is, though, you want to teach them the habit of trying. And you want them to be comfortable with trying and sometimes failing. Sometimes I can't figure it out myself. That's okay, but at least I try first. So you, you let them watch some videos or, or games or whatever it is, whatever methods you're using to try to teach that. Uh, you let them just try to figure it out themselves first as the first step. And then you know you're going to have to come in and actually help them. That's fine, right? But that's one of the first steps towards them becoming more independent as a, as a learner. Now, when you follow this method, very gradually, what's going to happen is as they get older, they are going to become more and more and more independent. The first thing that's going to happen, usually, is they'll become very independent readers. They'll become very, very independent at reading. They will start finding books that they really like to, to read. You know, fiction books, stories, and also nonfiction and maybe stuff about history and whatever they're interested in. Just let them read about it. And what's going to happen is as they get older and they start getting towards middle school age, you're going to find that actually they become very independent. That a lot of the time of, quote, homeschooling, is spent with them just, uh, you know, sitting quietly and reading 
and figuring stuff out themselves or watching videos or doing the uh, whatever curriculum you're using, you're going to find that it, it, with each year, more and more and more of the time, they will be doing it by themselves. They are going to become more and more and more independent. They're going to ask you questions less and less and less. They're going to get better and better and better at figuring things out themselves, at researching things themselves, at exploring things they're curious about by themselves without even asking you. And by the age of somewhere around 14 or 15, they will be almost completely independent at that point. At that point, you will be doing very, very little. In fact, at that point, you become really more of an advisor, I'd say. By the time they hit in America, what we call high school, which is about age 15, 14, 15, when they get to that age, most kids who are homeschooled from a young age, at least, are going to be, I don't know, 99% independent. They're just going to, they're going to be so used to it. They're just going to follow along. They'll go in, they'll watch the videos. If they can't figure something out, they'll watch it again. They'll just search themselves to find answers to things if they're struggling with something. They'll go get books themselves from the library. They'll search online to find stuff. They will figure out most things all by themselves and they will start reading and reading and reading and reading things all by themselves. They'll just get interested in something and they'll start and they'll get focused on it and they will explore it. And at that point, what's great is then you become, they'll start to see you more as like an advisor, as a mentor, instead of just, you know, the parent. You're, instead of you being above them, telling them everything to do, you're, you're not, not quite equal, but you're a little more like a, a mentor where you're advising. And so you just, you're checking in maybe every few days, maybe once a week, you just, you just sit down and chat. Yeah, what, so how are the lessons going? If you're using a curriculum, of course, you can check in. They have parent tools. You can make sure they're doing the work you want them to do. But then you can also just check in and say, well, you know, you know, tell me about what you're learning. Let's, let me see what you're writing. You can look over that. You can discuss things they're independently interested in and doing. Uh, you can make suggestions. Hey, well, if you're, uh, why don't you look into this? Why don't you do this? Right? Because this is really cool. Or, hey, I'd love you to read this book. This is a fantastic book. Right? You can just start making suggestions. and But it's like you're collaborating. You're working together. So they will see you more as their teammate, their helper, their encourager, their coach, their mentor. Right? Your role will naturally move in that direction as they become more and more and more independent. And what's great about that, of course, that's great for education. Of course, that's great because at that age, they're starting to move towards being independent, which they need to do. It's natural. They need to do it because they're getting closer to being adults. But what's beautiful about it, what's beautiful about that process with home education is that at the same time what's happening is your relationship with them is naturally changing and adapting in a very positive way. This, this structure of homeschooling, home education, just seems to naturally encourage that very positive change between parent and child, right? Because one of the big problems we know, like with teenagers, especially in the West, one of the big problems with teenagers in the West is that 
they often have a terrible relationship with their parents, right? They, they feel like the parent is still trying to be on top of them and treating them like a small child. And then they rebel against that. And because they're at school, they're around a lot of other kids who just have bad attitudes, who are watching TV and movies all the time, whose parents aren't guiding them very well. And as a result, it's, it's very common probably the majority of teenage kids, let's say, in America and lots of other places in the West, like suddenly lose their close connection with their parents. The trust is lost. Much of the love is lost. And uh, there can be a lot of anger comes in. Communication becomes difficult or almost impossible in some cases. It's it's terrible, and what's most terrible about it is that so, sometimes that change is permanent. Sometimes that relationship never recovers again, right? It, it continues right into their adulthood where there's always like a, a wall between the parents and the children at that point. Like, like, it, like the relationship breaks a little bit or sometimes breaks a lot at that age. What a tragedy. You, you have this child you love so much and you, and, and you work so hard for, to have a good family and you pour so much love and energy and time and then they hit that age and because of the environment of school and media, like it's all destroyed or damaged. And in many, many, many cases, I mean, I know so many cases where it never recovers. And it was true for me. It damaged my relationship with my parents. Now, luckily, mine did recover, but it took many years. Quite sad. When I look back, I didn't realize what was happening. I didn't realize, and my parents didn't realize how the school and the media were such a big part of it. What's wonderful about home education it's so wonderful is that it just naturally seems to create this new relationship between parent and teenager which is really it's the relationship you want right this is the relationship you want to have with your older children and especially as they become adults where they start to it's no longer you're just on top of them right and treating them like a little kid like that always used to bug me one of the problems I I had is a young man was that I felt like my parents were still treating me like a little kid and it, it frustrated me and it, that made me want to kind of be more rebellious right and I'm sure they had their reasons but the point is though that's not a natural relationship anymore that is the relationship you need when they're young but it needs to transition to something else if you want to keep a really great relationship as they become teenagers and then adults because then it tra- tra- changes over to real to more of a mentor, right? The way you right now in your life might look at and respect someone who's you know much older than you or uh, has achieved something, some kind of success in some area of life that you're trying to to work at. Like if you were trying to become a an entrepreneur, maybe you would look at someone like Robert Kiyosaki, right, as a mentor, right? And that's, uh, I think, the healthiest sort of relationship 
for teenagers to have and then of course as adults with their parents where it changes so the parents not treating the child like a little kid anymore just bossing them around telling them what to do and where but where the child still is looking to them for guidance for advice but the child is mostly independent and they're becoming more and more and more independent and eventually fully independent but they still know ah oh, mom and dad they're like they're my advisors they're my mentors when if, if those times in life when I can't figure something out where I really need guidance or maybe I just need encouragement I just need some support because I'm having a hard time that I can still look to them that I trust them to be that that mentor that coach that supporter that I need and they're not just gonna boss me around and tell me what to do and make me feel like a kid That's the transition, the change we need to happen in that relationship. And it starts around teenage years, but the schools destroy that. The schools cause a big problem with that. The schools prevent that from happening. But home education, it just seems to naturally happen. It happens more and more, especially if you make a little effort with it. But the, the the child, as they hit the teenage years, will become very independent with their education, with their learning, with their studying. And you then will become less of a direct teacher and more of the coach, advisor, and supporter. Having more conversations with your child about what they're learning and less just directing them and telling them what to do. Which is perfect. That's exactly the change you want in the home education, this kind of home learning independent learning just helps that relationship change in such a positive way it's such a natural process unlike school I think it's when I really think about it that's the big reward that's the big reward at the end that's much more important than better test scores I think it's even more important than all the other big advantages we've talked about is that you keep and develop an evolving, a changing, but a a very strong and loving and close relationship with your child at all different ages, right into adulthood. You keep that closeness. That is so fantastic. That is so wonderful. I, I can't think of a better reason for homeschooling than that. I think that I put that right at the top of the benefits list right there. I encourage you to do it. Really. (laughs) Strongly consider homeschooling, home education. For this and all of the other reasons that you know. Okay, it's time for me to walk home. Have a great day. You're an independent learner too. You're learning English independently. So join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join today. Join my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com.